Welcome to the Craft to Career Podcast with Elizabeth Chapel, where every week we dive into how you can turn your craft into a successful career. Get ready to have the career you've always dreamed of. Welcome to the Craft to Career Show. I am Elizabeth Chapel, your host, and I'm super excited about today's guest. Today, I've invited Nicole Saunders. She is a therapist and a life coach, and she's worked with me. And I know as a, well, just in life in general, but especially as an entrepreneur and starting a small business, there's a lot that's stressful, a lot of ups and downs. And it's been very helpful for me to have a trained professional who I can turn to, to just say, okay, help me with this. I need a little bit of guidance here. And so I asked Nicole if she would come on the show and answer a few questions that my past students have had, as well as just chatting about some of the things that I've gone through. Before we jump into the show with Nicole, I want to read a review that was left by Quilt with E. It's quilt underscore with underscore E. And she says, love the podcast, Elizabeth. Your knowledge as a businesswoman is great, and I can't wait to keep learning from you. It's rare to find someone as willing to help others grow. So this is actually someone who I know from Instagram. It's Elizabeth Quilt with E, and I really appreciate the review. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. And I'm glad that this is resonating with you and that it's helping you as a businesswoman. So thank you so much. And with that, let's dive in and let me introduce you to Nicole. All right. Well, Nicole, thank you for being on the podcast. Happy to be here. I love you. And I feel like everyone in the world needs to have a Nicole in their life. Aww, that's nice. That's very nice. <laughs> well, yeah, I feel, I feel it. So I did, I have some students who are entrepreneurs, they're starting out. And I mean, let's just put aside entrepreneurship. We could all use some guidance with our emotions and everything, but then you add in this whole craziness of starting a business and like, yeah. it's a roller coaster, you know? Yes, totally. Ups and downs. So I asked them, I pulled them and said, if you could meet with a therapist, what mm-hmm. would you have? Mm-hmm. So, here is what we've got. I've got five of them. The first okay. one is a lot of times it's easy to fall into the comparison game. We look at how well others are doing and think our success is less because of that. So what guidance do you have for this? So social comparison is, is such a tricky one. It's, it can be such a trap. Social comparison is not always a bad thing. I think it's kind of, kind of gets a bad rap. Mm-hmm. When you're using social comparison to kind of spur competition or inspire you, then you're in sort of the good side of it. So, but when it starts to become this, um, if you are getting intimidated, you start getting it stirs up your insecurity and your anxiety, then you're obviously on the bad side of it. So, when you're on that side, there's a number of different strategies. So, I you know usually have to try a bunch of different things and see what combination works. The um, the first thing I that always comes to mind when I think about social comparison is yoga. When you're in yoga class, and I don't know if you've taken yoga before, but one of the like most common phrases they'll use in yoga is stay on your own mat. And I have that's always stuck with me just because it's a good, just sort of um, it's good advice for life in general. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to social comparison, I think it's so perfect because, you know, you can be in yoga class and there's this person doing handstands and wrapping themselves like a pretzel and you're either better than, better than them or worse than them. 
And again, if it makes you, if you see that and you're like, yes, I'm going to work harder. Great. If you see that and you're like, I feel horrible. I'm not even going to try that. Then you have now just like shrunk away seeing what someone else is doing. And whether you grow or shrink in, in reaction to what someone else is doing doesn't change what they're doing. So it's, it's completely worthless to be mm-hmm. focused on what's outside your mat. What matters is how do you feel that day? What do you, what risks are you willing to take? How courageous or, you know, how, what, are, what, how do you feel that day? And what are you willing to try? That is the, truly the only thing that actually matters. So first thing is sort of stay in your mat, focus on what are your goals? What is inspiring you? How are you feeling? What are you willing to do in that day? And and see if you stay focused on yourself and your own work, it's likely going to get you further than being worried about what everybody else is doing. Um, the okay. other quote or that I love to use um, when the, the mat thing isn't working for me, and this was a recent, um, recently I was having to use this because there was another therapist in my town that was just like exploding off the chart, mm-hmm. is a, a rising tide lifts all boats. So. If somebody in your field or or industry, you know, just all of a sudden explodes, they're killing it, they're breaking down walls and barriers. It is easy to get intimidated and to think, oh my gosh, what am I doing wrong? Or why am I not having the same success or whatever? And again, you have this choice. You can see somebody else's growth and success and you can choose to shrink in reaction. Or you can say, awesome, good for them. They're breaking down the walls. I'm going to jump in the glow and I'm going to find my unique way to benefit from all this push that they have just given everybody. It kind of makes me think about in football, how, you know, when they get to the, to the, um, the line, I don't, don't know all my football <laughs> words, but I, but I do watch enough of it. And there's always that person who'll push the pack over and they score a touchdown. And mm-hmm. it's like, so, so that person who might be sort of exploding, is pushing the whole pile forward. So be in the pile. Don't shrink away from it. Be like, oh, I'm not, I'm not good enough for that. Um, and so that quickly that. redirects your, your mindset. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love that. And what if, I mean, are there some tangible, like if it's just really in your head one day, I mean, do you recommend like journaling or how yes. do you stay on your mat? You know? Well, a number you can do depends on journaling is awesome. I love doing things like a five minute journal, right? Where you just do the brain dump. Like what are these thoughts that are, that are just swirling around in my head that are, you know, pulling me off my mat. So you write it down, you just pin to paper. I I prefer pin to paper because your brain processes differently than hands on keyboard, pin to paper, stream of consciousness. You don't stop and then go back and read it and circle the facts. What is true? What is actually real? And what are you making up? What is the story you're telling yourself? And then, you know, it doesn't mean that those, that that sort of unhelpful or irrational mindset completely disappears. But when you see something on paper, it kind of, it does hold you accountable to some degree. And you might have to do that several times. You might have to keep coming back to it. But eventually, if you, if you continue to try to be aware of what am I going to choose to hang on to and what am I going to practice letting go of, your emotions will shift and it will get easier and some of that, uh, all those feelings that come along with that social comparison will get a little easier to, to let go of, or at least they won't be driving the bus or writing your story for you. Yeah. And I love what you just said, like, what are you going to choose to hold on to? And, you know, once you realize 
how much power and control you have over your thoughts. Like yeah. that's been a game changer for me. Yeah. I'm still learning, you know, I love that. Yeah. So that's great. I actually should try some journaling later today. I think I might do that. <laughs> so the second question that I have here is, um, a lot of entrepreneurs, they feel like they have to hustle, you know, I'm going to be successful. My life has to be imbalanced and there is no such thing as a balanced life. So what are your thoughts on this? Is this true? I mean, yeah. What advice do you have? Balance is, is become like one of those buzzwords and this feeds into the social comparison thing. When, anytime we're talking in absolutes, you know that it's not true. So if someone says it always has to be this way or it's never that way, immediately that statement is not true because I'm going to use one right now. There's nothing in life that is absolute. There's always a, a variety of options and combinations, fortunately. So for the people who love those mantras about, you know, it's there's no such thing as balance and you, it's there's no pain, no gain, all of that. If that approach works for them and inspires them, and it comes back to that, that makes them feel ready to hit the ground. Great, more power to them. If that that kind of approach to business just feels like a burden to you and immediately weighs you down, which I hate those kinds of state or mantras. Those those are not my style. First of all, you come back to like what kind of what kind of. Um, thoughts and and statements do inspire you and energize you stick with those but also it's just flat not true for all the businesses where people have devoted every waking hour to it and they're successful great you can also go out and find somebody who does have work life balance and still is successful now it it may be true that i guess with with when it comes to balance it's, i think that's an individual um, decision that each person has to make. And that's definitely something you can't just, uh, look and see what somebody else is doing and, and try to apply it to your life. If they don't have the same, say they're not married, say they don't have children or their children are grown, you know, they're at a different life stage. So again, it's like, you can't, it doesn't really matter if they are working all the time and they're saying there's no such thing as balance if they don't have the same demands. I think what's more valuable and worthwhile and feel ends up feeling better is to draw a circle around your own life. What, what do I value? What's important to me? What do I have going on in my life at this stage? And then let me set goals based on that, that are reasonable. Knowing that, you know, in five years, things look different. Children are older. There's, you know, maybe some more, more time, who knows what can be different that you can readjust all of those goals and that, and that balance can look different. And that's another thing too, is balance looks different for every person and it looks different on any given day, let's be honest. Mm -hmm. But when you feel balanced, we know what balanced feels like. Each of us knows what that feels like, or, or we want to strive to know what that feels like. And that feeling is what we're looking for and how someone else feels balanced is not how I feel balanced. So it's an individual thing. And I mean, on this topic, so I know I'm not alone because I've talked with other entrepreneurs, but there is, it's, it's one thing when you go to a job and you clock in and you clock out and yeah. you know when you're done, but with an entrepreneur, like you're never done. And so it's, it's hard to enjoy turning off because it always is, there's always more you can do. So yeah. what tips are there for like 
drawing that circle. I mean, how, how, what are some tangible takeaways? Like check out, you need to check out, you know? So one is, um, cause like you said, there is, when you work for yourself, the list of to do's is never ending. And it, it means more to you than when you work for somebody else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that it had, if you have those competing interests, needs, values in your life, that is so, okay. Work is a value. It's important to you enjoy it. It's satisfying. Great. You're going to allocate X number of hours to it. Children, marriage, friends, self, those have to also be competing needs. So it doesn't mean that shifting gears is going to be very easy, but the discipline and, and, and reminding yourself what you do value so that you justify drawing the line and drawing the boundary, it's hard. it starts off really difficult, but then it gets and this goes back into balance as you practice the discipline of setting boundaries and honoring the different things that you, that you value, what you get from that is becomes, uh, is extremely worthwhile, makes you again, feel better and makes it easier to maintain those boundaries. So the initial things you have to just kind of take a chance on yourself and say, I'm going to decide to draw boundaries and take care of each of the things that I value and figure out a decent you know, allocation of time. And I'm going to have to try this. I'm going to experiment with it for two weeks and see how it goes. I'm going to put the guilt on the, on the shelf for a couple of weeks or for, yeah, for a week or so while I do this experiment. And at the end of it, reevaluate and see if I hated it, if it did not feel good, if I could not turn that guilt off, then, you know, then I, I'm going to try something else. Um, the other thing that I think about is if guilt is your motivator, guilt to like you're, you're motivated to get things off your to-do list so that you don't feel guilty, you're in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm. And instead, let me focus on those things in my business that energize me, inspire me, leave me feeling good at the end of the day. I It might make it a bit easier to set the boundary because you know, okay, it's time to stop because I have these other things that I want to nurture in my life. And tomorrow I can pick up on this other inspiring thing. It, it's a subtle shift, but the difference is you're not just doing things to not feel bad. You're moving towards a positive feeling versus move, trying to move away from a negative feeling. When yeah. you're moving away from the guilt, you're really actually just creating addiction. Interesting. So, I mean, on the flip side of this, I feel like with my work, I love it. That's my escape. Yes. When I'm stressed, I, it brings me joy. There's instant rewards. And so I'm almost the reverse where I have to tell myself at the end of the day, what's going to bring the most joy. It's going to be my family. So let's check out, you know, and that's where I have to trust. I think what you're saying is set aside this time where you're not doing work, try it out mm-hmm. for a be with the family, be present and see, see how that is. Is that, yes. I, I sound like a terrible person saying this, like, I love my family, but, um, but work is so rewarding. Like I like it, you know? Yes. But it, and it is, it's, that's exactly what I was saying is like, give it a chance, practice disciplining the, the discipline of setting the, the mental boundary and the, the time boundary to focus on your family with your, when you're with your family, focus on your work, when you're with, with your work if you don't enjoy your family, then there's a whole other thing to work on too. Right. But it also, the other benefit of this is even when you love your work 
burnout's a real thing, you know, even mm-hmm. when you love what you do. So I also think about you're playing the long game here and having healthy boundaries and trying to maintain balance as much as possible. It is going to protect you from from burnout and nurturing those relationships in your life and taking care of yourself outside of work um, is another, it's a, those are protective factors to, again, prevent burnout. So if you love what you do, diving in and doing it all the time is a real great way to ruin it for yourself within, you know, a shorter period of time. So it's, you know, you're also, you're, you're playing the long game. Yeah. Yeah. And I can see that when it's been a rough day, it's like, okay, now I need those people in my life. And if you haven't nurtured that, then there's no one. So exactly. Yeah. And sometimes there is this fear of, well, fear of the people in your life, not trusting. This is a question that someone had, um, Mm -hmm. where their loved ones are almost like, oh, this is really cute, but maybe you should get a real job or they don't see the, you know, like they almost don't have, um, and hopefully I'm, I'm phrasing this right for them, but like, how do you take yourself seriously when those around you aren't, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Well, this makes me think of Brene Brown and um, how she talks about being face down in the arena. And she has decided that she's not going to listen <laughs> to other people who are not also face down in the arena. So to some degree, mm-hmm. it I, I know we want validation from everybody and we want everyone to see and give us and tell us that what we're doing is worthwhile. So the first thing is sort of acceptance and, and um, acceptance that you're not always going to get that. And oftentimes, or, and you don't need it. So mm-hmm. I think about, um, I kind of like, it, it's almost like a video game or something in my head. Like I'm going to give value and points to some people's opinions and value and, and points to other people's opinions. And I'm really going to consider whose opinion like is truly relevant. And, and do I actually need to give that many points to, and that's not, you know, you, you don't want to like, ignore people who, who, if you do really value their opinion, then I don't know, maybe something they're saying is valid, but Mm -hmm. it's easy for people to stand on the outside. This is why I think Brene Brown said that it's so easy for people who are not face down in the arena to stand on the outside and throw their, you know, their, their two cents in They're the peanut gallery. Um, so it also doesn't mean that you have to be rude or hurt or, react to those opinions, you can also choose to just simply not attach to it. Like, you know, I, sorry, mom, that you don't see the value in this. Here's what I see in it. I really love it. Blah, blah, blah. And honestly, mm-hmm. you don't have to explain it. You can just simply leave it with, you know, I, I can see why maybe this doesn't, you don't see the value in this, but I do. And, you know, so I'm going to try it out because I get a lot out of this, a number of things out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, if you ever want to know more about that, I'm willing, I'm happy to explain more about what I get out of this, but that would also be where I would draw the boundary around um, sharing even more, letting them in more. I think people have to learn, have to deserve to get on the inside. And if they, from the very start, are not giving sort of a minimum level of support, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to continue opening up. So I'd be protective yep. in that way. That is smart. And it also leads me to think, I mean, this actually kind of helps with this, but I, okay. I've been on the receiving end of some nasty emails where people are like this, I hated this product. And I mean, that's yeah. an exception. if that were everyone, that's obviously a red flag, but there's, you yeah. know, 
I don't know what advice you have because sometimes it just sucks, you know, like it just really isn't fun to hear these comments from Debbie Downers or angry people, but are there some tactical things? Um, yeah, negative feedback is, is hard. And especially I think in product, when you're doing, when you're creating a product or I mean, even a service, it'd be nice just to put something out there and not care about it. But obviously it's built into the transaction that you actually do need to care because you're trying to create something that people want to buy. Mm -hmm. Um, So from the very start, I think going into a business, um, you got to get your head in gear and work on buying into this doesn't. And again, this doesn't mean every day you're going to feel this way. But buying into and writing for yourself the belief that there is going, people are, I'm not going to please everybody. People are going to be unhappy at times and I'm going to miss the mark sometimes. I'm going to mess up. There's, you know, there's going to be some failures along the way that if you listen to any business podcast, they talk about failure all the time. And I love when they talk about failing forward, because again, when you have uh, negative feedback or any um, any, what you consider as a failure, any failures you ch- can choose. You again, have a choice in, in this business that you are building. You can either shrink away from that, get offended, get in your feelings and miss the opportunity and do nothing with it or just hang on to it. Or you can decide back to the Brene Brown thing. Is this feedback that I want to validate? Is this feedback I should listen to? If it's just somebody saying something mean, which I know that's a big, that happens a lot too. Then I'm going to practice shaking that off and focusing on all the nice things I get. Or if it's someone who has valid criticism, I'm going to think, thank you. I would have never seen this. I now can do process improvement and that is how we get better. So I think you get, you have to put it into two boxes. One is, um, is this true criticism and feedback that is useful, valuable, or that I actually want to use? And if not, I'm going to practice putting that in a red balloon and letting it go. Or Mm -hmm. is it valuable? And I'm going to be grateful for it because now I can get better in the ways that I want to. So you got to get your head in gear from the start though with that kind of stuff. Well, and it's interesting, you know, I noticed with my own business at the beginning, whenever someone would come to me with something that wasn't right, I instantly mm-hmm. was like, no, they're right. I'm wrong. And then right. over time, I learned that like, no, generally they're wrong. And now it's swing the other way. And when they are right, I'm like, oh, well, how about that? I really did. Exactly. Mistake, you know, because you can't know everything either. It's like, you got to give yourself a little benefit of the doubt. You cannot mm-hmm. create something and see all the ways that you could make it different or better. So, right. And I mean, on that, I've had a few people who've reached out. I'm a very like soft person. I approach things tenderly and not everyone's like that. And so I will get some people who approach me with a really great suggestion or Mm -hmm. feedback, but it's a harsh way to me. And I've had Mm -hmm. to really learn to like value that even though it hurts, you know, I'm like, no, they're they're here. This is, so it, it is, I mean, nothing will strengthen a person more in my opinion than like being an entrepreneur and mentally. Which is why yes. we all need a Nicole to like, <laughs> I had a really rough day, but, um, so, okay. My last question is imposter syndrome. This is oh. a real thing that everyone deals with. Yes. Tell me about this. So you're right. It is, it is a rough thing that I think everybody deals with. And 
you know, sometimes for anyone who's telling me like, oh my gosh, I have this imposter syndrome, you know, what is wrong with me? The first thing I think about it is like anything, nothing's all good or all bad. And without imposter syndrome, you know, you, you, without that little voice, that's kind of checking you a little bit saying, Hey, is that really the right thing? You know, it, it, it might serve its purpose, but just like the social comparison, it's when it gets out of control and it's stifling you that it's, it's clearly, um, swung too far and it's a problem. So imposter syndrome, um, I really feel like imposter syndrome exists because we're probably again, back into the comparing ourselves to what, to all the qualifications that somebody else has or all the experience that somebody else has. And we're deciding that they have more value and we have less. Mm-hmm. And I think imposter syndrome has a hard time getting out of control or maybe even existing when we double down on what we're good at, what we bring to the table, what we're, what's unique about us and what's authentic. And it's like, the more you focus on what your own uniqueness, I think that it doesn't, it, it kind of erase or doesn't, it just doesn't matter what other people are doing because that's their own uniqueness and you can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're not an imposter in your own life. If you are doing the things that are within your own strengths. Um, and that's also, so that's what I'm saying. Sometimes imposter syndrome might be good. Cause you're like, you are doing the social comparison thing and you're doing something somebody else does because you think you should, mm-hmm. and you're not doing a good job at it. And you're yeah. feeling really insecure as a result. It's like, maybe you are being an imposter in your own life. So reevaluate, get realign with your own values and then see how bad that imposter syndrome is. But it's definitely much louder when you first start. And, um, I also think the other factor is like, try not to add to it. Give yourself a little bit of time and validation, focusing on what you're learning and how you're getting better and see if over time it, it, as you gain confidence, as you gain, um, expertise, see if it dissipates on its own that way too. I like, and you know, it's, I actually think that's really huge on being really comfortable with who you are as an individual, because I know for me, imposter syndrome, well, it comes whenever I try something new anyways. Of course. But- especially if I see someone doing something and I'm like, well, that's worked for them. I'm going to try that. That is impossible, you know? So getting real comfortable with who I am and what I offer. I really like that. Um, yeah, that is great. Well, Nicole, where can people find you? I know here's the deal with, um, so you're in North Carolina, obviously, but you're a clinical social worker, but the reason I can work with you, I'm in Texas, you are a life coach. And so in that regard, you can work with people anywhere. Am I right? Yes. Yes. So how do people find you? Well, the easiest place is my website, therapycharlotte.com. And all my contact information is there. I'm not so great at social media. So the best place is, is the website. Perfect. And they can get my email from there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I know I'm not the only entrepreneur out there who every human in the world, we can all use a little, you know, little guidance, some help. help. I know we all do. Yep. Well, thank you. This was really awesome. I appreciate you being here. Thank you. It was super fun. 
Wow, that was awesome. Thank you, Nicole, for being here today. I know that I learned a few things just in our call, and I hope our listeners also have taken a few notes and have some takeaways that they can really apply and help them navigate through the emotions and all the things that come with being an entrepreneur. If you love this episode as much as I did, be sure to subscribe to the Crafty Career Show so you don't miss an episode. And also leave a review. Let me know what things are resonating with you, what you'd like to hear more of. If you enjoyed this specific episode, you can take a screenshot of what you're listening to and share it on social media. Share it in your stories and let people know what you're listening to. Next week, I'm really excited about who is going to be on the show. It's actually my husband. So Brad has been with me from the beginning of all of these crazy quilty adventures, entrepreneur things, and I want to bring him on the show and just ask some candid questions. We aren't going to go over what the answers are going to be ahead of time. I'm just going to ask him, and he's going to be pretty honest. And by pretty honest, I mean 100% honest because that's just how we roll. I'll ask him all the questions like, how much did it cost for me to start this business? When did I start seeing revenue and profit and all the emotional ups and downs, everything? So it's going to be a little bit juicy, a little behind the scenes, and I am actually really looking forward to it. So be sure to tune in next week on the Craft to Career Show, and I hope you have a wonderful week. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye.